I'm your host, Biko, with Vocalo, and on the line, I have Illinois State Representative and the Chairman of the Criminal Judiciary Committee, known as Justin Slaughter. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on to talk about this major criminal justice reform bill that we uh, just signed into law here in the state of Illinois. Yes, it is a very big deal. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you also, you know, you led the the state into uh, making things possible on this new bill. That's right. That's right. I, I'm the, the House uh, Judiciary Criminal Committee chairman, and um, all of the criminal justice reform bills and, and efforts come through my committee. And then on the Senate side, you had State Senator L.G. Sims and State Senator Robert Peters that uh, led the efforts over in the Senate chamber. And um, again, just uh, proud of those brothers, proud of our work. And, uh, you know, our sleeves are, you know, stay rolled up to 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 continue to push on. I got to ask you, you know, how important is this new criminal justice reform law? Well, it's really important. If you recall um, the, the protest that not just the state of Illinois, but our entire country uh, went through this past summer, this past fall, it was important for us um, in the black community and, and for black elected officials to take things to the next level. Yes, we can march together, we can protest together, but we also can impact policy together. And this is the people's government. Um, you know, we really wanted to, to, to the people to know that they are a part of the legislative process. So the next big step for us was to uh, putting forth a bill, putting forth policy, and then, of course, getting that that bill passed. And it was really important. I mean, we want, wanted to do um, uh, reform measures uh, within our policing policies, as well as addressing our, our mass incarceration crisis. So we looked at a lot of sentencing reforms. And then we also planted a, a good, strong uh, seed for crime and violence prevention, which is um, something that we want to continue to, to focus in on as well. But those are the, the three prongs of the, the criminal justice reform effort that, uh, that, that you're hearing about in the bill is HB 3653, also known as the, the Safety Act. With, you know, protesting taking place back in 2020, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it was a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, I want to say activists stepped up to the forefront mm-hmm. and did what they did to at least push a new movement. Was that part of what helped push this uh, new reform law as well? Oh, most definitely. This is all about the people. And of course, you know, you mentioned uh, activists and, and advocacy groups. They were at the heart of, uh, of this. Um, and, you know, it wasn't just about um, the George Floyd situation in last summer. You know, a lot of folks have been at the forefront um, of this for quite some time. Um, you know, a lot of my constituents will say it's been 400 years mm-hmm. that the, these these measures have been needed. And so, yes, um, all of the many groups, especially those that are prioritizing um, uh, the black community's needs, were at the forefront of the bill. Uh, we certainly took into account a lot of their uh, recommend, the people's recommendations and suggestions. And, um, you know, we feel good about, you know, the what we were able to get in this bill and, and how their efforts, uh, how the people's efforts are reflected in the, this this bill now you know in this bill as well uh it requires police agencies to equip officers with body cameras it um That's right. it ends uh prison gerrymandering and one of the biggest things is no cash bill so how does that affect the state as well as defendants right right great 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 question and so 
to begin with, uh, in regards to ending cash bail, it doesn't go live. It's not effective until January 1st of 2023. So from now until then, we'll be working with all the stakeholders to make sure that we, you know, we are ironing out and addressing, uh, you know, some of the issues and, and challenges, whether it be in our court system, whether it be at the county jail level. Um, we want to make sure that we're using our time from now and then to, to have the most effective, impactful uh, system. But to the essence of your question, we had to move away from a system that relied uh, on one's financial ability to, or inability, I should say, to post uh, to post bond, and more towards one that comprehensively looks at if the individual is truly a, a threat to the community or a concern, uh, a flight risk concern that he or she would not come back for their uh, for their bond hearing. Um, so what we're doing is turning more over to a to a system that'll use verified risk assessment tools, look at the nature of the offense, take into account the nuances and the you know, situation and circumstances surrounding the individual to make more of a, a, a an informed, you know, critical decision on pretrial uh, release. On the fairness side of things, what we were seeing is that this was criminalizing uh, poor folks. This was criminalizing poverty. Um, you know, we exist in a world today where Kyle Rittenhouse uh, can can kill two people but be released because. Um, he was able to raise the funds uh, to, to get out of jail when, you know, we have homeless black men and women that, you know, are detained and, and jailed because they stole a candy bar or mm -hmm. some food to, to feed their family. And so we're moving away from that system. But then, uh, Stefan, on the, on the public safety side, in more of the law and order conservative approach side, it's actually a decent bill for them, a uh, measure for them as well. Dangerous, violent individuals currently actually can be released back into the community if they've got the financial means. I, you know, I brought up Kyle Rittenhouse. And so we think that this is the best approach in this country. Um, you are innocent until proven guilty. And so we just, you know, we, th we, we believe it's inhumane to uh, subject folks to, to pretrial detention before they've even had their trial. And so... Um, we become the first state to in the country to to put forth legislation to get that done. And again, um, we're proud of the work, and and the work goes on. Like I said, the effective date is January 1, 2023. By hearing about this, it, it, for some reason, it just made me think about Khalif Broder, a uh, New York resident who mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, um, allegedly stole a book bag and was in jail because he <laughs> mm -hmm. could not mm -hmm. get placed on mm -hmm. bail due to the financial, you know, situation mm -hmm. he was in and then he committed suicide. So, you know, here right. this, this is, you know, this is this is a big deal. And you spoke on us being the first state as well. Do you think other states are uh, uh, follow suit? I think other states will follow suit. You just mentioned another. Uh, well, I should say sad uh, example. Um, in, in regards to how uh, pretrial uh, systems across the country have been playing out. Um, you know, you have to take into account the, the negative adverse impact that detention and incarceration has on one's, you know, mental, physical, emotional uh, uh, state 
of, of, of being, you know, oftentimes when you do, this does happen to poor folks, um, you know, families are scraping, you know, these are single mothers scraping money together to, to post bond. Um, and, and then in lieu of not being able to pay, you know, other critical bills, we know that these have, uh, an impact on, um, disruptions in your job or education. Um, you know, detention also has a, a, a disproportionate impact on your health. And so you take in all those critical uh, factors. And yes, other states all across the country are taking a look at this now. Um, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully see other states uh, pass similar bills. But, um, and of course, you know, so if I do do the research on this, we, we will see other states um, across the country pushing uh, for this reform in regards to uh, ending cash bail. Now, you know, I, I got to know, too, uh, with the police officials, you know, how are they uh, taking things and how will this new bill change their operations? You know what? Um, law enforcement, um, th- there's some great things that I know that they, the law enforcement community and coalition also wants um, some of the initiatives around policing. Again, there's some some opportunity to also collaborate. For instance, you mentioned the statewide requirement for body cameras. Um, this will start in 2022 and um, it'll be kind of like a, a rolling compliance schedule based on the size of the municipality. Um, it'll culminate with 100% compliance by all police departments by 2025. Um, you look at an initiative like that. Officers may not say it uh, you know, publicly, but they do want uh, body cams. I think that they more so think that it will exonerate and shed a light on good policing more so than it will uh, uh, bad policing. We still got to work out some things with funding. And so that was, you know, an issue that they've been raising. Um, also, um, the training, use of force training, uh, crisis intervention training is, is, is being put in the bill. And the one big uh issue as we look at uh, what happened with George Floyd is our use of force policy. By 2022, we will have a standard universalized use of force policy for all police departments throughout the state. Um, you know, we, we there's some pushback from law enforcement. Maybe they think that we went too far uh, in terms of how progressive the, the provisions are in the bill. Um, we will continue to collaborate with the law enforcement coalition, but we're not going to change the essence in the objectives of the, um, of the provisions that we have in the bill. And we have to be careful when you talk about some of the fear mongering that the, the police are, are, are ginning up, not to, to divert attention away from the fact that these reforms needed to happen. And then also even going a step further with that, being careful that um, the law enforcement coalition is not creating and cultivating a foundation for future opposition, right? They, they, they you know, they, they may never want a, a, this sort of bill to happen again for another 30 or 40 years. The fact of the matter is, is we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. These are just, you know, this is just, we're just putting markers down for, what we know we need to comprehensively, you know, continually um, address some of these issues. And so we're just getting started. 
Um, and, and, and again, we're standing firm in the provisions in the bill. We're open to, you know, clarifying things. You know, it was a big bill. Uh, you know, if a comma is, is not in the right place or a period is not in the right place, sure, we'll go back. We'll clarify some things for law enforcement so they so we're all on the same page in terms of how we implement it but we're not going back to to modify or change the essence or the objectives uh, of, of these provisions and so you know elected officials have an open door policy um you know i i, I stand here you know ready to to continue to collaborate but it will be criminal justice reform um that that's being pushed Look, I, I greatly appreciate uh, all you're doing, uh, you know, pushing for change, pushing for reform. You know, that's been a big deal for a very long time. And uh, we're starting to see some light. So I, I greatly appreciate uh, what you've been doing and everybody else uh, in general in the communities that's been pushing for change. Um, you know, Mr. Slaughter, can you, you know, let people know how they can get in contact with you or how they can sure. at least follow up on some of the things you got going on within the, the city and the state? Oh, sure. Sure. You can follow the movement on um, all three p platforms. Uh, uh, my Facebook page, uh, State Representative Justin Slaughter, and then Instagram and Twitter is at Rep Slaughter. Um, and then also, um, I'll give you my emails, public, uh, Justin at RepSlaughter.com. And please also just call my office directly, 773-445-9700. Directly, um, always posting things about the movement. This is the protest to progress movement that I'm referring to. Um, please, please, you know, stay informed, stay educated, stay empowered as we uh, as we push forward. Hey, again, I thank you for taking out some much needed time to break down this new reform law that's taking place again. Mr. Slaughter, thank you. Peace to you and God bless, brother.